Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I'm your host, I'm Shemaine Laney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker and I'm very happy to have you back with me for another part of your day. I hope you're enjoying November so far and I hope you find this episode very helpful. I know a lot of people are eagerly awaiting this episode so fingers crossed but before I go on I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So this episode has been requested a lot. It's bloating. We're going to look at the common causes of bloating and if you have any questions please do reach out to me as always and I'll be happy to follow up with you. So one of the most common topics or issues I help clients deal with or overcome is bloating. It's estimated that up to 30% of the population deals with bloating to some extent but I would say it's even more. Obviously I work with people with health issues or who want to improve their health but nearly every second person I talk to has some sort of bloating or at least some sort of gut issues. And as many of us know, the gut plays a huge part in our health, especially in our brain and our mental health. So we have that gut brain access and a lot of researchers and health professionals will refer to the gut as your second brain. But there's actually some researchers out there that propose that the gut could be our first brain. So regardless, if you have any sort of brain issues or mental health or mood issues, it's always wise to look at your gut and see what might be going on there. Um, But bloating, what is going on there? What could be causing the bloat? So let's get into it. Most people firstly know that if you eat a more western style diet that is high in processed foods, sugars, vegetable oils, trans fats and even alcohol, it's almost expected that you'll have some bloating. Um, But most people who follow me, they're eating healthy or somewhat healthy, so I want to focus on them. So for someone that is not eating fast food every day or crap every day and is following a somewhat healthy diet but they still have bloating, what could be going on there? Well, generally we like to start from top to bottom. So we start with that cephalic phase of digestion, then on to chewing and then down to the elimination process. If you haven't heard of what the cephalic phase of digestion is, I've spoken about this a lot in the past. I have a video on YouTube on it, but basically the cephalic phase of digestion is that pre-digestion phase that causes Um, digestive acids and enzymes to be produced and for some people that can be just thinking about a meal like thinking about a yummy dinner for other people it'll be 
the sight or the smell of food. So, you know, if you walk past a yummy bakery and you can smell the fresh bread or you walk into a house and you smell Christmas dinner cooking, that smell can be enough to activate that cephalic phase of digestion. So to get those digestive juices flowing and start the whole process to help you digest the oncoming food and it's important to understand that the cephalic phase of digestion can also influence insulin resistance and blood sugar issues as well but um i don't want to get into that so that could be a contributing factor if you don't have that whole axis from the cephalic phase of digestion to chewing to elimination if there's something not working properly along that axis then that could be the cause or contributing factor of bloating um, and this goes to not having good vagus nerve function as well so if you don't have good vagus nerve function, which really is that gut-brain connective kind of line there, the vagus nerve is your tent cranial nerve, which connects the brain directly to your bowels. If there's damage there and the nerve's not functioning properly, that can cause bloating, not chewing properly can cause bloating, not sitting down and taking your time while you're eating can cause bloating low stomach acid, enzymes, poor elimination, and so on. So we're going to go into them, but these are all factors. So when trying to discover what is causing bloating in someone, it, it's always, regardless of what you're trying to uncover or discover, it's always important to ask a lot of questions. When did this start? Did you wake up bloated? Do you bloat after water or is it just certain foods? Is it maybe portion size? Are you eating too much? Are you eating too frequently? Then all of these answers can help us narrow down what might be going on. Now, obviously, that's not all of the answers, but it's important that you ask a lot of questions to try <coughs> narrow down as much as possible what the cause may be. Um, so one of the most common causes of bloating, and I do speak about this a lot because I see it a lot, and I think it's because of the stress many of us have endured over the last couple of years, um, which directly influences stomach acid. So low stomach acid is probably the, one of the biggest causes of bloating, then followed by digestive enzyme issues. So... Um, and then also macros. So let's look at the macros first and how that would impact bloating. Generally, if someone has issues digesting protein and they bloat after consuming some protein, this can be an indicator of low stomach acid or hydrochloric acid or HCL. If you don't have an issue with protein and you bloat after starches or carbs, this could be a few things like too much fiber all at once. A lot of people will have issues digesting a lot of fiber. Or it could be pancreatic enzymes like low amylase, for instance. So amylase is one of the digestive enzymes that helps us to break down starches and carbohydrates. Then if you have a problem with digesting fat and that makes you bloat, well, this could be a gallbladder and bile issue. In this case, you could supplement with bile or ox bile or other supplements that help to support the gallbladder and bile flow. And I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. 
And then if all macros cause bloating, then that typically can be an indicator of SIBO. We'll get into it. Um, portion size bloating can be also indicative of dysautonomia, which is that gut brain axis, vagus nerve damage, that whole line there. So apart from what I've mentioned so far, you can also have more than one of these things happening at once. You could have all of them, but hopefully you don't because that would be a nightmare. And then there's other things that can cause bloating like thyroid issues and stress. Um, we're going to look at the most common, so we're going to get into a bit more detail. But again, on while we're here, let's just look at the top causes of bloating. So we have low HCL, low stomach acid, low enzymes, gallbladder and bile issues, SIBO, dysautonomia, which is that vagus nerve damage and gut-brain axis disruption. And then we have stress, food sensitivities, poor sleep habits, medication, antibiotics for sure. And then other things can influence bloating too. So the first one that I mentioned was low stomach acid or low HCL hydrochloric acid. It's important to understand that HCL is not only essential for breaking down food, but it's also essential for good immunity and a healthy gallbladder. Um, and one of the key parts of digestion is to produce HCL. So when that cephalic phase of digestion kicks in and kicks in properly, that can signal to your body, hey, produce some stomach acid. Um, so it's very important from the top down. In humans, hydrochloric acid can drop every year by a certain percentage. And this can be due to gut breakdown, wear and tear, age, infections, having a poor diet and lifestyle, and stress, of course, will break, will influence hydrochloric acid production because stress, of course, pulls blood away from the digestive system to the extremities for survival, so it slows down all the digestive processes. So it's important that you have good levels of HCL. HCL is also very important for breaking down protein, like I mentioned. So if you bloat after eating protein, then this is generally a hydrochloric acid issue. And it's also important in triggering refluxes in the intestines so you can then release enzymes and the pancreatic enzymes and activates gallbladder contraction and bile release. So HCL is really important. H HCL or hydrochloric acid is also essential for helping to kill off pathogens and keep bacteria in balance and even in the small intestines. Like if you get exposed to bacteria or a pathogen, your hydrochloric acid or your stomach acid is your first line of defense. Um, also, one of the signs of low hydrochloric acid can be belching regularly and bad breath because whatever is in the stomach or you've consumed, it's not getting broken down by the acid. So it's just putrefying there and creating gas and bad smells. So some things to help with this are um, apple cider vinegar, lemon and lime juice, any sort of bitter, tart and sour foods, which I'm always talking about. And then you can get a HCL supplement. I recommend taking any of those five to 10 minutes before your meal. There are some rare cases of people having 
side effects, getting headaches from HCL. This could be due to um, that vagus nerve damage as well. So keep an eye on that. There is some clients that I'll kind of go a backdoor route with, but those bitter tart and sour foods, they will do the job. And if there is um, vagus nerve issues, we'll get into that, but there's some easy ways to address that um, too. So now on to enzymes. There, these are pancreatic enzymes, and this issue is generally recognizable in people that have issues digesting fiber or starch. They might get nausea and mucus around their poop, and it's not just isolated to what we would consider starch, because there's some foods that we wouldn't consider to be a carb or a starch, but they have starch or sugar chains in them as well. But in general, it is starches. So this can connect back to low HCL too, because if, like I mentioned, if you're not producing hydrochloric acid, you then are not stimulating the enzymes to be produced either. So you can get enzyme supplements. There's a lot out there. I like now food super enzymes. Uh, they would be my favorite. Um, I do try not to get enzymes with hydrochloric in them, but ox bile is fine and can be beneficial for most people because most people also have gallbladder issues and supplementing with ox bile can help this. Gallbladder issues where your bile may become sludgy or gluggy, which is what is referred to as gallbladder sludge or gallstones, that can cause bloating and diarrhea, especially after consuming fat. So if you find that you consume fat on um, and experience lots of gas or burping, or even if you take a fish oil and you experience burping, that could be a sign that there's a gallbladder issue. And even with a gallbladder issue, the bloating may not happen immediately either. It may take two to three hours for that bloating to kind of be visible or appear. So in this case, you go back to your apple cider vinegar, bitter tart and sour foods. And if you have issues with apple cider vinegar, I did a video a few weeks ago, the apple cider vinegar test on my YouTube channel. Go check that out. If you're having issues with apple cider vinegar, that should give you some answers. But um, here with the enzymes, you can you can get really good enzyme supplements. Try not to get one with HCL, betaine HCL in it. Just your enzymes and then some ox bile is good as well. And then if there is gallbladder issues, um, apple cider vinegar, bitter tart, sour foods, you can just get an ox bile supplement by itself. I also like raw dandelion root and leaf tea and um, natural factors have a good supplement called Live Gall, L-I-V-G-A-L, which contains several ingredients that encourage good bile flow and production and gallbladder and liver health. I do like that supplement. Shanka Piedra also can potentially help with gallbladder issues too. And there's some research that shows it can help with bacteria imbalances in the body. And that would be what we're looking at next. So um, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I think a lot of people have heard of this. You may not have experienced it, but a lot of people will have heard of it. So Shanka Pietra, there is some studies on PubMed that shows it can be beneficial for bacteria. 
imbalances. But anyway, SIBO, this is where bacteria in the large intestines has translocated into the small intestines. And this can happen from chronic inflammation damaging the gastrointestinal nerve plexus or that enteric nervous system. So yeah, damage to the vagus nerve as well here. Uh, which also damages the muscles of the GI tract. So then the intestines get weak and that allows bacteria to move then and translocate. So then you have all this bacteria in the small intestine that shouldn't be there. And when they're exposed to starches or sugar, they can get very bloated. These people, people with this issue see that whatever they eat they can also just bloat. So it's not isolated, as I mentioned, to starches. A lot of foods do contain sugar chains that can be problematic for people that do have SIBO as well. Um, you can test for SIBO with a breath test. It's pretty easy to do. Alternatively, a gastroenterologist can test by doing an aspiration or taking a fluid sample from the small intestines. As gross as that sounds, it is doable, but it has to be done by a gastroenterologist. Also, if one does a FODMAP diet, many people will have heard of FODMAP diets and you do it strictly for at least three weeks and if you see an improvement in your bloating then it's likely you have SIBO and I must emphasize strictly for at least three weeks and some people it might take longer to see an improvement but if you do have SIBO or think you have SIBO then you will need to address that with nutrition of course herbs and supplements and then in a worst case scenario some people may need antibiotics obviously not my first line of protocol but in some people it might be necessary and while we are discussing the GI tract it's important to note that IBS or IBD so irritable bowel syndrome or irritable bowel disease as it's now referred to that would be issues like celiac, non-celiac disease, diverticulosis, and ulcerative colitis, they can all cause bloating. And even autoimmunity of the gut. If you have immune issues with like Hashimoto's or rheumatoid arthritis, you may also have autoimmunity in your gut too. Then next we have food sensitivities, which can be a contributing factor to the aforementioned gut issues, but uh, also obviously to bloating. Gut issues and bloating can be caused by sensitivities to certain foods. So some of the most common food sensitivities that cause bloating are gluten. I think many people are aware of that. Milk proteins, uh, egg albumin which is the egg protein, soy, legumes, especially peanuts and cashews, and then greens or cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables if not cooked properly. Um, I'm going to throw in mushrooms as well. If not cooked, mushrooms will cause bloating. Human beings generally cannot digest the sugar chains in mushrooms, so they do need to be cooked. Um, and if, with a little bit of fat as well can help. So if you have a food sensitivity, you may need to completely eliminate the food, like celiacs and glutens. The gluten has to go. 
Or you may just need to remove the food for a while until you build back up tolerance to it or you improve your immune tolerance to it. And with vegetables, for a lot of people, it may just be that you need to cook the vegetables well, even like saute your spinach, um, boil your Brussels sprouts and broccoli, and even adding a little fat there can help with digestion too. Um, so that I've noticed that will help a lot of people once they cook their vegetables pretty well um, They generally can tolerate them So raw vegetables really don't agree with many people anyway Lastly if there is that gut brain access issue Like with the vagus nerve which a lot of people do or may have and they just don't know it um one way this can be determined is if you are having issues swallowing. Yes, if you have tissue damage in your esophagus, you will have issues swallowing or potentially like um, thyroiditis, inflammation of the thyroid. But otherwise, if you're having issues swallowing, especially if someone says they used to be able to swallow capsules like supplements, but now they can't, this could indicate that there's some sort of... Um, gut brain access issues that dysautonomia and this could be caused by trauma to the brain the head or even the throat if there's tissue damage that can damage that nerve as well so you should reflect on if you've had any trauma anywhere especially to the head um like i've had trauma to the head luckily i don't have any severe loading or gut issues but I have had trauma to the head and if I wasn't educated the way I am now I never would consider that to affect my gut uh, I spoke to a woman recently and she went through the windscreen of a car when she was like 16 yeah head first that's definitely going to be trauma to the head um, also slower motility can be a sign that the gut brain axis is not working properly so constipation uh, needing to take a lot of laxatives, not being able to have a bowel movement for several days. So reflection there is going to be wise. And it could have been like maybe you fell out of the bed when you were a baby and hit your head. Like there, it could be something like that. Um, but only you will know there. And it's not that you can't help that. You can help with that. Um, a lot of easy things to support the vagus nerve and its health and its function, well, there's the apple cider vinegar, and yes, it does have to be the liquid, um, bitter tart sour foods, singing, humming, gargling, so a lot of easy things you can do there. But lastly, like I mentioned at the beginning, if you eat pretty bad already, then you can almost expect to be bloated all the time, because you are going to be feeding these bad bacteria that create a lot of gas. Um, and you're going to be putrefying a lot of crappy foods in your gut. So like, like dancers right there, those of us or those of you that has experienced maybe a wild refeed day or um, some farting or gas after maybe a few days vacation, you can see how fast the bacteria can change there. Like you can have just a refeed day. Let's say you're celebrating a birthday and you have some cake and burgers and drinks 
and now all night you're farting and the farts smell excessively bad like that shows you how easily the bacteria can be changed and generally if it's something like that it's fine by the next day as long as you get back on track um, but it does show you how fast things can change and then if none of these sound relevant to you there could be other causes for sure um i did mention thyroid and stress issues that that can be a big problem when it comes to bloating um stress for sure will change the microbiome will damage the intestinal lining will cause bloating um but you may need to dig deeper on this or that with a gastroenterologist if none of the stuff i just mentioned above sounds relevant to you then you should definitely be seeing a specialist and hopefully they can give you an answer because unfortunately I hear from a lot of people that have seen specialists and they don't get answers and that's a tough situation to be in of course you don't give up you keep trying and trying and trying but it's definitely a tough situation and my heart goes out to people there but I hope you found this helpful I hope it kind of helps you narrow down what might be causing your bloating if you have any questions, send them to me and I'll do my best to help you or answer you. So you can get me on Facebook and Instagram, Shemaine's Model Health. And my website is shemainesmodelhealth.com. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my podcast already, please do. It really helps small businesses like mine. If you feel like I deserve a review as well only if you feel I deserve it please take a few minutes to leave a review that really helps the algorithm and it helps small businesses or podcasters like me reach more people uh, otherwise if you've any topics you'd like me to cover please do let me know and I'll be happy to cover them for you have a great week please share with anyone you feel may find this information helpful and I'll chat to you guys real soon. Bye-bye.